When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined from 3,000 miles away by the one, the only Miss Joe De La Rosa. Ah, hello, man. That introduction, I'm like blushing. <laughs> Don't you feel special today, Joe? I mean, I really do. Thank you for that. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, you know, how, how are you doing? Like what's going on in the OC these days? I mean, I've been living in LA um, forever. So the city has been different, quiet, obviously like in the middle of a pandemic and just everything going on. So, you know, it's not the hustle bustle it, it was, um, but I, I cannot complain. It, it's been a little bit of a nice change in terms of when you walk out on the street, it's not like a thousand people in all this traffic. So that's nice. I keep um, forgetting that you're trying. in LA. I keep forgetting yeah. you're in LA. Yeah, that's okay. I actually yeah, I've been here over 10 years now. It's bananas. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I'm I'm in New York City, so it's like the same thing. It's like it's still busy because it's a city, but it's in a weird way kind of nice that it's less busy, right? Completely. Yeah. So we are going to get to your amazing podcast and all the wonderful things that you have going on in the world now, but I figured, you know, can we really get to present day unless we take it back for a minute? Joe's like, oh boy, where's this going? Where's this going? (laughs) Well, okay, let's just start at the beginning of when we first, the world first heard of you. March 21st, 2006, season one. I mean, 2006, can can you believe that? Oh my gosh, what a throwback. Also, can you believe the fashion? (laughs) No, it's so funny because I recently (laughs) chatted with Gina Keogh and I was like, do you regret anything? And she's like, yeah, I regret the way I look. The fashion was so bad. She said the exact same thing. Completely, uh, completely overplucked eyebrows I had, super, super thin. The sky tops were all, all, like we thought we were so cool in sky tops. At least I did. I, I felt like 
this top is everything, but it really wasn't. <laughs> the early, I'm telling you, the early 2000s, I don't know. I, I, I agree. I look at pictures. And it's, it's weird. It's like, how is it that like, what were we thinking? You know, like in five Completely. years, I'll probably look back and be like, why did we dress the way we do now? I know. I know. It's so bad. And, you know, what was I thinking rocking a French maid outfit? You know, we'll never fully be able to answer these questions. <laughs> well, okay, I have some questions about your French maid outfit. So oh. that's, well, it's funny you bring that up. I was going to ask you about that. But so when we first met you, you were living with Slade, Mr. Yeah. Smiley. Now, good old Slade, right? Yeah. How, okay, so how did you get involved with the show? Like, how did you get cast? Because, I mean, my understanding is like, it was through Gina Keel, like that's kind of where the idea started and it was like her neighbor and they kind of went and shopped the show and Bravo picked it up. But like, how did you get cast? Yes. So um, it was actually Slade that got us on and he was at a charity event. And um, I just knew that they were looking for like the fifth couple to cast. And I guess because we were really like, I was so young and he was older and there was this weird, like, you know, just, interesting 15 year difference between us. They really liked that dynamic. Um, and so Slade just came home one day and was like, Hey, so decided to move forward on this. And I was like, you're going to have cameras do what <laughs> come into our house. What, you know, cause back then reality was not a big thing. It was like road rules, looking at beach, um, Totally. There wasn't like a lot of stuff. So we, it really was foreign what a bunch of crew with cameras were going to be doing following you everywhere. Um, so that's how I thought we got on originally. I later found out that Slade actually bought a charity event ticket. Um, and, and that's actually how we ended up on there. I just so recently found this out reading an article, actually. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I was so young then, I really didn't know. I didn't ask a lot of questions. I just heard charity event and we were cast. So I was like, okay, you don't ask a lot of questions when you're young. <laughs> um, tell me about it. So wait, so Slade, so Slade bought a charity event ticket to go to what? Try to like talk to the producers and say, hey, I'm Slade and we're perfect for the show? Uh, no, it was actually the, a charity event. Uh, or he bought a ticket, I guess, to actually be the fifth couple cast like he bought our way into being a part of the cast basically oh my god mm -hmm. i mean that would never go down today where there's like <laughs> no. 75 rounds of interview so you actually so like you could literally just buy your way on to the be the fifth couple yeah i mean and 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 again i don't really know the details because i wasn't at the charity event or there. And like I said, really didn't ask a lot of questions um, about it, but it was just something I read. And so I don't really know all the details of like how it went down. But yeah, nowadays it's like reality shows are just such, I mean, everybody has a reality show or wants to be on a reality show or, you know, think, thinks it would be fun to try if you're in this world, right? Um, and so I, I can't even imagine like you go to an event and there's like a ticket to be on Vanderpump or something. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I mean, right. A, that would never happen. And B, I can guarantee you it would go for like, I can't even imagine how much it would yeah. go for. Yeah. But like, to your point, like nobody really knew what to expect back then. I mean, who knew this would be this huge hit that would go on 15 years later? Oh my gosh, totally. I was, 
I mean, literally, I was trying to go to law school. Like, I was so focused on that and, like, wanting to just, like, take over the world at that age. You know, I thought it was going to, you know, you think you're superwoman back then. And I was just so focused on, like, school and, and work. And, and I was never the girl that, like, wanted to be famous or wanted to be an actress or anything like that. So little did I know coming on the show was the beginning of my life completely changing forever and everything that has happened since. So yeah, I'm very thankful and grateful and Bravo for sure will always be like my family. So. And Slade just told you instead, you know, he didn't tell you he bought this ticket. He just said, Oh, I was at a charity event and ran into these people. Like he kept it very vague and we're doing this show. Yeah, I don't think he did it on purpose. It was just more like the conversation was so just like, hey, they were looking for the fifth couple to cast. And he just kind of came home from a charity event and told me this news. So I was like, okay, I guess uh, I'm doing this because I'm your partner and I want to support this crazy idea you have. Did you have any reservations? Like, I mean, you know, not knowing what to expect. And like you said, it was like the real world and the simple life and the hills, like. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. I, I was just, you know, having cameras come in, I didn't even know what that looked like. I didn't even know what, what that would feel like. Cause again, I wasn't, I wasn't in the entertainment industry. You know, I came from South America. My, I lived a very normal life in Orange County. Um, I wasn't in the entertainment industry or going to auditions or anything like that. So I wasn't exposed to any of that. Also, Instagram wasn't around then. Totally. And so, you know, th- this idea of like production or being on a show, like I couldn't even imagine what that was like or would feel like. So, And you didn't know any of the other women, you know, because they were all older than you. Yeah. No, I didn't know anybody. So the first time that I actually met them... Um, was on camera. I it was Kimberly walking into that table of of these women, and I was like such a baby, and I was so scared and like intimidated of like grown ups, <laughs> you know, of these women that were clearly older than me, and I didn't know if I was gonna, you know, if if they were gonna like me or accept me because I was so young. So it's that's definitely an intimidating situation, regardless of age. Walking into any new group where there's clearly already a bond and a friendship formed, and you're like the new girl. Totally. And were you, you know, like as you were filming throughout the whole season, and I think it was like only eight episodes were you just like nervous the whole time? Like anything I say is going to be picked up on a camera? No, I think, you know, the first day was the weirdest, was the most weird. Um, And then something happens after like your fourth and fifth time. um, And the cameras kind of just like, not that they disappear, but it's like you start to feel comfortable, too comfortable. Then you start to have fun with it. Then, you know, you get some cocktails in you and then it's all over from them. <laughs> Seriously. Because like, your, your guard like comes down, you know? And it's like your life, like eventually. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back 
and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. This summer, the world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle that gets you high yet? That's right, it's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from IndiCloud. Is IndiCloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. But what we do know for sure is that IndiCloud is the best way to get dispensary-grade cannabis delivered directly to your door, 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or, of course, popsicles that get you high as What are you waiting for? Go to indicloud.co slash spring24 and get discreet delivery on top-shelf THC products. Head over to indicloud.co slash spring24. That's co, not com, to snag 30% off your first order. Hey, guys, I need to tell you about something which has made my life so much easier. It's called HelloFresh. And with HelloFresh, you get pre-measured ingredients and amazing mouth-watering recipes delivered right to your front door. It's that simple. You get a recipe and everything you need for that recipe is delivered along with that recipe and it's pre-measured. So it takes the stress and the thought and the planning of meals and it throws it out the window. Everything you need, you get from HelloFresh. You just follow the recipe and voila, you have a meal on your table in no more than 30 minutes. Some meals take a lot less even to prepare. And what I love about it is anyone that knows me knows I hate going to the grocery store. This eliminates all those trips to the grocery store. So home cooking, which I used to dread, is now for me fun and easy and it's affordable. You get a minimum of 23 recipes a week. And the thing is the recipes, and everyone who knows me also knows that I have a very short attention span. The recipes are a huge variety of flavors and ingredients and cuisines. So last night, I didn't know what to make. I made the chicken tikka marsala. And the night before, I had the pork carnita tacos. So literally, you're eating Mexican one night, Indian the next night. You could literally have different meals and cuisines every single night. It's amazing. This has changed my life. You guys really have to try this. So here's the thing. Because you're listening to this podcast, you can go to hellofresh.com slash 10velvet and use the code 10velvet for 10 free meals. Let me just repeat that. 10 free meals, including free shipping. So that's right. Because you're listening, go to hellofresh.com. That's hellofresh.com slash 10 velvet. Hellofresh.com slash 10 velvet. Then use the code 10 velvet. That's it. You will get 10 free meals. I can't even believe I'm saying that. Plus free shipping. You guys have to try this. I guarantee you're going to love the food. It's so easy. We're all so busy these days. This will, this will be a game changer. Listen, don't take my word for it. It's America's number one meal kit. So you don't get to be America's number one meal kit 
unless you're doing something right. HelloFresh.com slash 10velvet. Use code 10velvet for 10 free meals, including free shipping. And DM me after you try it and let me know if this really is a game changer as much for you as it has been for me. So you just have to live your life when the cameras are around the whole time. Totally. Exactly. So eventually you just get used to having like people in a room with you. And so it it becomes really normal, even though it's so not normal. And then when it was done filming and it came out and you watched it back, what did you think? Like when you were watching yourself, like in your storyline, like, did you have any thoughts? Um, I, and it's funny because again, back then I didn't even think like we weren't very conscious, at least I wasn't of storyline, right? And I didn't really know how they were painting me to be on every episode. It was kind of just like watching a home movie back and it feeling weird because you know there's like millions of people watching. Um, because yeah, the show just got really popular really fast. So I think I was just more like cringing at the moments where like Slade and I would fight on camera because obviously that happened a lot where he was always unhappy with me or, um, you know, I wasn't doing enough or being enough um, or whatever frustration he had. It's never, it's never fun to argue. And then it's never fun to kind of have all of your problems kind of aired like that on camera. And also I feel like I was so young I made a lot of mistakes that any 20 something would make, you know, I was growing up and I was figuring myself out and most people get to do that on camera. I'm sorry. Most people get to do that not on camera. And so I think when you, when you have to do it on camera in front of all of America, people will jump to conclusions about who you are or that you were ungrateful or whatever the case is, which isn't true. It's just, you're living out all of your mistakes in front of the public eye. So, you know, everything gets magnified. And how old were you like that first season? Um, I think that first season I was like 24. Oh my God. I mean, you look at housewives now and like, there's this whole big thing about how they're trying to skew it younger, but even, you know, younger means like 38, 39, 42. So Mm -hmm. that is, you know, shocking. Like I didn't realize you were that young. Yeah, I was a baby. Um, yeah, it's wild. Somebody somebody posted somewhere, I don't even know, they like tagged me in the stuff. And they were like, to this day, all the seasons, all the franchises, Joe's still the youngest. And so I was like, wow, that's like wild to me. You are by far. I think I think like Ashley Darby from Potomac is like the second closest. And I think she was like 31. So like not even close. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) So like when you watched it back to your point, you know, did you like, did it shed light on your relationship with Slade? Like, oh my God, we fight a lot. Or were like you already having problems and you were aware of it? Because you know, like a lot of people say like when you watch it back, that's when you're like, oh, wow, this is enlightening about my relationship. Yeah, no, we, I already knew. (laughs) We were, we already knew because, you know, we'd been together for, for, for a while before the show ever started. So I kind of already knew the dynamic of our relationship. We were just like any other couple, you know, we had problems, we had disagreements, we had differences, but I think more so because of our age difference. And we were just in two completely different places. Like I just graduated college slate through my college graduation party. Wow. So I hadn't even like lived life yet, you know? Wow. 
And, you know, I mean, it, this is no shade, but like, God, it's only 20, it's only 2006, which isn't, okay, it's a, it's a long time ago, but I mean, they showed you, and these are your own words, that you were bored, that Slade was keeping you. <laughs> then to your point, yes, you lose a drag contest and you're dressed in a maid's costume. Like, these things just don't hold up in 2020. No, not at all. And, um, and also, you know, Bravo gave us taglines to say. Yeah. Um, he's keeping me was mine. I would never say that somebody is keeping me because also he wasn't really keeping me. Like I was working when we met and I was paying my own bills. I had my own money. Um, but I think that that's obviously like what, what I guess they wanted to kind of make it look like, which made for more of a, to your point, more of a storyline then. Um, so yeah. Do you still have the maid's costume? I definitely do not. And I am not sorry about that. (laughs) I was going to say, if you do, you know, talk about a charity or an auction, I mean, or for your own eBay purposes, you could probably sell it for a lot of money at this point. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Trust me. Somebody would buy it. That's awesome. I mean, so like when the show came out, then were you like misperceived? Like you said, it wasn't like social media. So there was no Instagram, but like, was that like the perception? Like as you started to get recognized, like walking around the OC, like, you know, he's older, you're younger. Like, was that magnified as a result of the show or not really? I mean, definitely. Yes. My, the, the, the girls, I mean, back then there weren't followers, so they called them fans, like true fans. So my fans then were like really young college girls who were my age. And they were just like, oh my gosh, Joe, I totally relate. I have a boyfriend and we're going through problems and all of that. So that was mainly like the, the girls that would come out to, up to me when I would be out. And then the women who were like a little older or like more grown up, if you will, Um, they would come up to me and like, give me advice about the relationship and tell me, you know, give me their two cents. (laughs) And that was always interesting because, you know, you don't really know what you're signing up for, at least like now with reality you do, but back then it definitely didn't. And so when you have girls or these women that are like coming up to you or cornering you when you're like in a restaurant bathroom or at like a club and you've got like women, Again, the women's bathroom is always like where where things go down, I feel like, <laughs> whether that's like conversations or gossip or whatever. And so that was always quite an interesting place for me. I like always dreaded going in there. Whenever so that's, I where, that's where you got recognized a lot and people would corner you and be like, girl, get out or girl, yes. here's some advice. That's so funny. Yeah, I know that's like not sexy, but yeah, I, I it's probably because it's the only private area that's not in public whenever you're out and people see you. And I mean, you know, like I said, no shade. Because I mean, listen, eventually, I mean, you did get a job and you gave the ring back. So there you go. <laughs> um, yes. So I actually didn't end up giving the ring back because the ring, um, I mean, I'm not saying anything that isn't already out there. Uh, I, I, I read this before the ring was fake, right? Yeah. And so I didn't, there was nothing, you know, to give back, if you will. Um, I think I have it somewhere in like my mom, like back at my parents in Orange County in like a box or something. It's like rolling around somewhere. (laughs) So how did you find out this ring was fake? Because that was after the fact too, right? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I always knew um, because 
he had confided in me about it and, and told me um, about the ring and that one day he would replace it and the center stone. And to me, like, look, like, again, I was young. I wasn't, I didn't come for money. I wasn't into diamonds or, you know, like I didn't care. I just wanted someone that was going to love me and whatever the ring was cool. If you want to replace it later, cool. Like to me, I was such a romantic and I just wanted to be engaged and get married one day, like any girl out there. And so, um, it was definitely something that I, we weren't going to, you know, come out and publicly talk about it type thing. And I, I back then never wanted to say anything to anyone because it wasn't really anybody's business, right? Like what we were doing and why. Right. So, um, so just, so just close friends and my family knew and, and that was it. So guys, you know how important I think it is to keep your body in shape, but let me tell you, it's also important to keep your mind sharp. And I've been leveling up my focus with word forest word forest is a new game and it's a puzzle app and it's free. My favorite word. Word Forest is an app and it's really, it's made for word search addicts like me. And I'm sure like most of you, you can connect letters in any direction to form hidden word matches. It is over 2000 levels. So you never get bored playing and it starts easy, but the longer you play, the harder it gets the better you get. It's fun. You can find as many words as possible to earn bonus coins and uncover hidden words. It's relaxing. It's a great way to grow your vocabulary. So put yourself to the test in this fun and addicting brain game. And right now, Word Forest is offering 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. Guys, I have been freaking playing for days. I love that it challenges you and there's so many words and you, you really come up with words you haven't used in years. It's really fun. So stop. Listen, if I can put down the Instagram and scrolling through social media, so can you. This keeps your mind sharp. Just go to Apple or Google store and search for Word Forest. Download Word Forest for free today. That's right. Go to Apple or Google store, search for Word Forest and download it for free. And guess what? You'll be thanking me later. Wow. And, well, you know, I mean, listen, you know, people have said throughout the years that Slade, you know, dated around other housewives. I mean, he dated Lori briefly, Lori Peterson. Like, did <laughs> yes, that bother you after the fact? Or you of, were course. Just, of course. I mean, I would think it, so, right? Yeah, it would bother any girl just because, you know, Lori and I were friends. And, um, but, you know, now Lori and I laugh about it. Um, also it was just a silly time where things like that happened, you know, like it just, yeah, it's never a comfortable situation, but we talked about it and, you know, we had broken up. And so I just kind of wanted to move on. And you and Lori are friends now. Yes, absolutely. I love her. She's like, I just talked to her actually a couple weeks ago. So, um, she's great. And actually I just interviewed Ashley. Um, her daughter for our podcast. So yeah, I still keep in touch with like all the women and over the years, like I said, they like, they'll always be a part of my fam. So. So you keep in touch with like Vicky and Gina. And I mean, I think 
Gina was just on your podcast. Yeah, she was. And I actually just talked to Vicky a couple of weeks ago too. I hadn't talked to her in a while, just like catch up with her, see how she was. So um, I love that we can, you know, all still remain friends um, or at least keeping in contact over the years, whether that's social or phone calls or whatever. But yeah, Gina, Gina, I've like Gina, I call mama Gina. She's like my second mom. So she'll always be mama Gina to me. Do you, did you know Gretchen before Slade started dating her? I, 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 I mean, other than the show. Uh, yes. So we, we had actually met, um, prior to her being on the show. Um, yeah. So that was a thing. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on that? I, I, I feel like there's a story there. <laughs> not really. <laughs> it, you know, they're, they're now together and we, we have all, we've all moved on. I feel like everybody ended up exactly where they were supposed to be. Um, but yes, um, I did, I did actually know Gretchen before all of that happened. So do you, do you talk to Gretchen and Slade now? I don't. It's actually been years. And I'm sure I'm not the only person that asks you that question. No, <laughs> no, you are not. I always just try to like, you know, I don't, I don't like starting chaos and drama and wars and all of that. And so that's not really my cup of tea in that sense. And like when the whole thing about the ring came out, it really was like an innocent getting caught up in the moment of an interview point type thing. Um, and that obviously caused some stir. And so, um, and so, yeah, I just feel like, yeah, like I said, everyone ended up exactly where they should. So that's, un- I mean, that makes sense. That's understandable. Yeah. And you know, I mean, and this is, this is also not, I'm not being shady to Slade. I have no vendetta against Slade, but it is just funny how people have said, you know, that Slade is a fame whore for lack of a better word. I don't know how to, else to say that having mm-hmm. dated various housewives and he is the one that basically bought his way onto the show. I think that's just, that makes sense. Cause I really was wondering is like, did you want to do this? And he was like, Oh, we're not doing that. But so thank you yeah. for clearing that up, <laughs> you know, which is interesting. And then, you know, I think it's, I thought it was interesting when I went back to look at the first season, you know, we have all these housewife songs now, you know, Luann and Kim Zolciak and, Really, I mean, people need to be talking about you because you cut a demo on the show. You really were the first one to show the crossover between housewife and music. I did. Um, I, I yeah, I guess I was since I was the first the first season, and it's really funny. Nobody actually knew because I left the show and moved to LA and started doing the whole music thing. And you know, there's this misconception I think sometimes of like reality stars doing music, and sometimes it gets you know, poked, it gets made fun of, or, oh, she can't really sing or whatever, whatever they say about whoever. Right. Um, and like, you, you almost have to fight that they don't really take you as serious as say like a true musician, right. Or like an artist, but I was really doing music. I got a uh, publishing deal with Sony, um, to actually be a songwriter. And one of the, one of my first singles, um, actually ended up on radio. My music video ended up on MTV. And then one of the singles I wrote ended up on an episode of The Hills. And so, and that was like MTV's, you know, 
biggest show back then. So it was a really exciting time for me. And yeah, I got to tour. I had backup dancers. I had Mikey Minden, who was the choreographer for Pussycat Dolls, was my choreographer. And, um, and it was one of the most incredible experiences. I mean, every little girl, I feel like, always has that moment of like standing in front of the mirror holding, holding a, a hairbrush and singing like into the mirror, or at least I did. Wow. And so... Yeah. And so it was crazy to like, just feel like I was really, I was really doing it, but this was all post show. So I don't really think anybody really knew the extent of like the music and, and really my music career at the time, what I was doing. Yeah. I mean, well, okay. First of all, let me just slow it down. Cause you just said so much that like my mouth is dropping open about first of all <laughs> yes the hills is possibly the best reality show that's ever existed in the history of the world so that's yes. amazing two yeah. i didn't realize you had a video on mtv so that right there i mean whether it's played every hour or played once it's on mtv yeah. so that's really amazing and mikey minden is the creative director for erica jane now yes he is yes he is how'd you start mm-hmm. working with mikey Um, so the record label actually had like a, you know, a budget for the music video. And so they hired, you know, the best photographers to shoot, um, the cover and all like the promo uh, pictures going out for that. And then we, we needed to, I was working with a publicist at the time. Um, and it was through a really big publicity firm called PMK. Um, and I think, I can't remember if it was my record label that found him or if my publicist at the time had been like, oh, you know, I know somebody perfect. Somehow that came to be. Um, Gosh, I feel like literally it's another life. (laughs) It's crazy. But yeah, I I did see that what Mikey's doing now. So that's amazing. I mean, and he's on episodes. I mean, he's like, basically, I don't know if he has any other jobs that are, but he's basically joints at Erica's hip every time I see them together. So I, I love it so much. What what was working with him like? Like, was he great to work with? Oh, he was amazing. Um, definitely. Like, I think that back then, you know, I had I was the Latin girl who could like dance, right? And because I had danced my whole life, actually got into UCLA as a dance major, and that's like what I thought I wanted to do. Actually, after the show, I ended up moving to LA, and um, I actually got signed by a dance agent. And that's like the thing I thought I was going to do was like, my dream was be a backup dancer for Britney or like (laughs) go on tour, right? Like that was the the ultimate dream. Um, And so yeah, working with with Mikey, he was just he's so fierce. And the thing about me, if you know me, I'm so not like, I am singer, like get me like I would, you know, acoustic guitar, I want to go to Nashville singer songwriter vibe and I think the label back then wanted me to be more of like the new young Latin J-Lo if you will were like you know they didn't have really like a new young Latin girl that could like dance back then and that's really the direction they were pushing me to go and it just wasn't me like I didn't want to dance in heels and like flip my hair and well actually I always love to flip my hair but like seriously dancing dancing in heels and like all of that it just really it didn't feel like me and so that's the type of music it was, like Latin, like like J Lo esque. Uh, it was it was definitely pop. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely your your cookie cutter pop 
um, vibe for sure. Like dance club, they did a couple club remixes off it. So yeah, it was really fun. Actually, a lot of people now, I don't know why my music has been coming up lately. Um, I recently just came out that, uh, I have a boyfriend now and he's actually in music. And so I think it's just weird. The timing of it. Everyone's like, Joe, when are you coming out with new music? And I'm like, I mean, I never thought about going back. It's been forever, but maybe like one fun song is like a throwback, you know? Oh my God. Well, first of all, I need to go listen to your music after this now. You've totally intrigued me. <laughs> um, but where did you meet your boyfriend, your current boyfriend? Um, we actually met on Hinge. <laughs> really? All places. Yeah. And it's so crazy because... Um, and actually I haven't even talked about this yet. So, um, we met in the middle of COVID and in the sense of like, you know, matching and it was very clear on his profile. Like he was not wanting to meet anybody like face to face because of COVID. And then I was like, perfect because I am so busy with everything I have going on with YouTube and the podcast and everything that like, I really don't have time for a boyfriend. So this will be like a fun flirt thing. And I feel like you always find the thing you're, you're maybe wanting deep down when you're not looking. And I hate when people say that, but it's really true. It, I think it's true. So you just really like talked back and forth and you were like, okay, I can't meet you and you don't want to meet me anyway. And you just got to know each other like the old fashioned way. Yeah. Like for three months, which is insanity. Like all we did was talk over, you know, FaceTime and phone and text, you know, before bed, we'd have these zoom dates where we'd have like dinners and cocktails and play games and screen share and watch movies. Like it was really wild, like to have a digital relationship, if you will. And then, you know, those like shows like love is blind or 90 day fiance. Yeah. I was always always like, there's no way that's real. Like how can you fall in love like that without ever meeting someone? I totally get it now because that's exactly what happened at like month two. I was like, what the hell are these feelings? (laughs) Like I've never even met this kid, you know? Wow. Is he like around the same age as you? I know he's actually six years younger. Really? Yeah. And I've always been into younger guys, not on purpose. It's just because like, I feel like when you live in LA, people in LA know this, it's kind of like La La Land. So like nobody ever really grows up here. And so whatever age you are, it's kind of like you're stuck. It's like, you don't really know reality. I feel like it's like LA is this bubble. (laughs) Well, I live in New York and I think it's the same thing. Like, you know, it might be like a little harder driven business here and you're more like, you know, show business, but nobody grows up here. I live like I'm like 19 most days and I'm like, get a grip, David. (laughs) Yeah, completely. And that's the thing. And so every time I ever try to go out with somebody my age or older, I always felt like I was dating my dad because I'm still like just young at heart. Um, it's funny because uh, my co-host Crystal on Pop Candy and I, she always calls me forever 27. Cause like, I always want to be like, I mean, pre-COVID, 
like out getting drinks, going to brunch with the girls, going to the newest hotspot, new restaurant, new clip. Like I'm still, I don't know. Maybe me I'm too. <laughs> yeah. No, trust me. I get it. I've had so many conversations where I'm just like, I, I can't help it. Like, this is what makes me happy. Like, I just want to be out every night pre, pre-COVID, you know? Yeah. It's like nightlife for me is like, it's, it's what, I mean, fuels me. Don't get me wrong. I like to do good pizza, stay in Netflix, like all that. But Sometimes you just want to like go out and like people, I love people and they like energize me. So anyway, so the younger guy thing has always worked for me because I feel like they have just, they can keep up with me like energy wise. So it's good. I get it. I get it. Nothing wrong with a younger guy. I mean, no. (laughs) What is your sign? Just because of what you're saying, it made me think like, what's, what's your sign? I'm Virgo. Okay. Because I mean, yeah. I'm so similar to you and I'm a Gemini. I'm just like, I'll die for a Gemini. But That's awesome. Just so you know, I'm pop crush out of the top 14 songs that Housewives have ever done. Your unscripted album and seductively single are number eight. So that's not so bad. What? Okay. Yes. I, don't, um, I don't even know what that is, but cool. <laughs> I, well, it's just, I don't really know what pop crush is per se, but they did a top, you know, and like the top five is like Luann and Kim Zolciak and uh, Candy Burris and Erica. So, but you're number eight. So I'll have to send you the link. Okay. I'll take number eight. Thank it's, you. It's very respectable. Very respectable. Oh, I love that. So you moved to LA pretty much for dance and music, right? I, I did. Um, well, so I moved to LA primarily for dance. Um, and, and the whole like music thing was kind of something that had already started, but I was also getting a lot of opportunities coming off the show to do a bunch of stuff. And so, you know, I was getting auditions and there was an agent I had just signed with and they were sending me out and all this stuff. And so it was this really wild world where like, again, I wasn't an actress. I wasn't ever trying to get into it. It just kind of accidentally happened to me. And so, you know, I just kind of rode the wave and trusted that like God had me and whatever was going to happen was going to happen. And I was kind of just like surrendered to whatever opportunities would come and whatever was going to happen from there. And it was honestly the most fun time in my life. Actually, I take that back. It was really fun. I'm having the most fun now, but (laughs) back then... Yeah, it was, it was a different kind of fun. It was more like, you know, non-social media, just old, like more traditional, like entertainment fun. stuff. Yeah. And then I read somewhere, I don't know where I read this. It was some interview you did way back in the day. You know, like the other side of that, like when all that, and this is nothing against you because this I think happens to a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. even in today, like when all of that kind of, you know, went away and started to fade I read somewhere that like you were like, I need money and you had a publicist and you were like, I'm going to go get a bartending job. And the publicist was like, you can't get a bartending job. Like <laughs> you're Joe DeLaRosa. Like people are going to recognize you. Completely. And it's so funny. I have no shame in that. Like I, again, didn't come from money. And so whenever I was done with like, so the owner of, so the, I was doing the music thing the owner, the record label I was with started falling apart. And at the time I was like 27 because it was a smaller label. And then I got a deal from Universal Records and they came in to try and give me what's called a 360 deal. So they wanted a piece of everything, my music, movies, merch, everything. And I was just at a crossroads then. Like, did I really want to keep pursuing music or was I going to go do something else? And 
by then I just kind of found out that Slade and Gretchen were together and it was just a lot at the same time. Um, I, I didn't have, you know, a mom and dad that could financially support me. And so, and, and also like the music I was doing at the time, it didn't feel like me. I, again, I, I wanted to go in a country and this is, this is before Darius Rucker was, had really made like a huge stamp in, in terms of like a person of color um, being able to kind of break the, the mold of like country music, if that makes sense. That makes and sense. so like, yeah, a Latin girl doing country, like did not make sense, but I was a songwriter and that, and played acoustic guitar. So that was my love. So yeah, I had to make a decision. And I was like, all right, I think I'm just going to take some time away from all this entertainment craziness and figure out like, who's Joe post mayhem. And so how am I going to make money? And cause I'm not going to auditions. I'm not an actress. That wasn't, I had done that. I didn't like it. So yeah, one of my girlfriends was like, well, listen, like if you have a credit card and you have $399, $399 to put on a card, you can go to this like bartending school and you graduate in two weeks and they help to place you. And I was like, oh my gosh, perfect. Because I knew so many reality stars, like who had come off of American Idol or whatever. And they were doing like the promoter thing um, and like trying to still do their music or try to make it. And bartending was like the perfect thing in between auditions or whatever. So yeah, I started bartending at clubs in Hollywood and made, I mean, good money for just working a couple days a week. And that's literally what I did in between all the craziness. And yeah, people were coming up to me going like, Joe, what the hell are you doing here? That's so funny. But I yeah. mean, it's, it's, I mean, listen, it's a common thing. Like I've talked about it on this show so many times, like, you know, it is just like when you're off a show, like I think people have like a misconception of like how much money people are paid for shows and, you know, I mean, especially back then, like, is this true? I mean, that for the first year of OC, you guys were paid zero. No, we got paid. We didn't get paid a lot, but we definitely got paid. It wasn't like enough to live or like anything like what they do now because we were just a pilot season. But yeah, people think that once you're on like a TV show, first of all, we're not actors, so we don't get royalties like most actors do. Um, no reality. I mean, that I that I am aware of because right. um, we're not SAG. We're not union. And so um, once you do a show, they can pretty much, unless you have a really great team that negotiates your contracts really well, um, yeah, you're not getting royalties off of the show. So I did a couple seasons. I got my own spinoff show after Housewives. And then that was that. How was the spinoff show? The spinoff was really hilarious. It was called Date My Ex. And it, I was, I guess I was also the first housewife to get like a spinoff, uh, like my own show off of. You are, yeah. Yeah, off of the show. And so, yeah, it was called Date My Ex. And it was horrible <laughs> in the sense of like, I mean, I had been filming, but like it was Slade living in the house with like 15 guys and he was supposed to try to like pick my next boyfriend. I mean, that's just a disaster in the making. <laughs> I mean, it kind of, I'll have to tell you, it was a great show though. Oh my gosh. It was hilarious. And I mean, it was cool because I was living in LA and I was, they were also like, it was a hybrid of like the bachelorette meets like a reality show following my like music career and my life in LA. So that was cool. 
And by then there was a lot of budget, right? And so we had stylists and hairdressers and drivers and assistants. And I mean, it was a big production in comparison to the first season um, that I had done on Housewives where we pretty much had no budget, no hairdressers, no makeup people. So the experience was really fun because who doesn't want to, you know, get made pretty every day. <laughs> and like, I mean, to your credit, like it was a show, you know, all about you. It was based around you. Yeah. So that was, that was just a really bizarre thing um, that apparently people wanted to know more of my life post Slade and I. So yeah, I've lived quite the life. <laughs> Seriously. Did you leave Housewives on your own and like, really moved to LA like I'm done with this or were they like you know yeah you really did leave on your own yeah because Slade and I broke up and so I really like I had always been I felt like the black sheep living in Orange County like I was always the girl that was rocking black nail nail polish ripped jeans like I was a little more edgy and like, I, I just, I never really fit like I, I fit into like suburb life and LA and I always had this like love, love relationship. And you know, it's Hollywood, it's a city of dreams. And there was just this like mystery and allure to it that I wanted to go find. And so, yeah, once Slade and I broke up um, and I got all these opportunities in LA, you're like, I wow. 100%. Yeah, I 100% took it and and moved and moved. And then I think I read in the same article with you that when you were bartending and all these people were saying, oh my God, is that Joe De La Rosa from the OC that eventually TMZ showed up? Oh, no. So this was... This was a karaoke situation. Oh, okay. <laughs> TMZ. So at one of the bars that I was bartending at, which apart from Hollywood like clubs, there was this like little dive bar that I was working at. Um, and this was post publicist telling me that like, I needed to find something where nobody could find me because it would be so bad for my image. And I was like, right. it's not a big deal. I found this little bar in Woodland Hills in like the corner, like dive bar that like no one could find me. I was like, for sure, no one will find me here. And they had a really great setup there for like a stage. And I asked the owner like, hey, would you ever consider doing a karaoke night here? And he was like, yeah, if you host it. So I started doing that once a week and that's so fun for me. And it actually started to build a following and I started to get, you know, cause in the Valley, there's a lot of big music people and just, you know, talent that live there. So oh I had like the cheetah girls and like all these really cool people come. And then apparently, I don't know how freaking TMZ one day, one of the guys walks in and finds me hosting. Oh my and God. so they like made it a thing and they were like, Hey, so do you remember Joe? Well, remember she left OC to go pursue her music career. Well, guess what she's doing now. And they like flashed to me hosting karaoke night at this bar, which of course was like morbidly embarrassing because I was doing a lot more back then than just karaoke. Right. But that's like, that was like the punchline type thing. But Harvey actually gave me props and he was like, you know what? Good for her for working. And I was like, thank you. Listen, you got the stamp of approval from Harvey Levin. Like that's pretty good. Right? So I was like, all right, thank you. That's awesome. And you. like you possibly, I don't know for sure, but you possibly were like one of the first housewives on TMZ where now they're just a staple. <laughs> Maybe. Right? 
I mean, yeah. did you ever have like, you know, like during, like, it seems like, you know, like good for you. I, I agree. Like I'm totally the same way. Who cares where you were? You're in a different place now. Go to work. Like I'm totally, totally have that mentality too. You know, and if you know who you are inside, who really cares? But did you ever have like, you know, those days of like, well, if I was never on TV, I wouldn't be here. I would be able to get maybe like an office job or not really because you really, like, did you ever have regrets, I guess is what I'm asking? No, I think everything for me happened exactly as it should. And I mean, I really think that everything I went through and the paths that, you know, the choices I had and didn't take and all of that, like it really has led me to everything I'm doing now and all of the opportunities that I'm getting now. And, you know, had like the story now you know, and not to like jump to it, but what I'm doing with the podcast and my YouTube channel is like, nobody has shown ever out there the making of trying to make a comeback, specifically trying to become an influencer. And so I thought of this crazy idea where like, what if I take my story and having gone away for 15 years and I try to like, I document the journey of trying to make a comeback and becoming, you know, a fashion and beauty influencer. Cause all these influencers on Instagram now, the fashion and beauty girls, their aesthetics are perfect. And like, they're all big. Right. And they're like doing the thing, but no one ever shows you like the struggle, the hustle, the grind of like how you got there. And so that's kind of was my idea for the influencer project. And it's kind of like the VH1, like you think you know, but you have no idea type thing. It's kind of, I mean, I think it's kind of brilliant. Like, where'd you come up with this idea? I mean, that really was it. was like, I had always had a dream of becoming a fashion and beauty influencer. Like all those girls doing, you know, beauty videos and makeup tutorials and doing like getting to work with cool brands and cool like clothing companies and creating YouTube videos out of an all that looked like so much fun and right in my lane. Cause that was everything I was passionate about fashion and makeup and beauty. Um, but how was I going to stand out in a completely saturated sea of like a million other girls that are doing this, you know? So that was the biggest thing that was like drilled into my head of like, what's going to make you different. And I had so many people telling me, do not go into fashion and beauty because it is the most competitive space you could possibly go into. Well, when someone tells me no, <laughs> tell like me the worst thing. It. <laughs> it's the worst thing you can do. Because then I'm going to be like, okay, I'm just going to quietly sit and, I, and work and watch. I <laughs> agree. I totally agree. I mean, it kind of like motivates you. Like, let me go away now for six months that you've told me no. And in six yeah. months, I'll show you what I did. And then people are like, you did all that in six months? And you're like, well, yeah. Completely. And, but also there's this other stigma too of like, you know, that it was supposed to come easy to me because I had a following or because of the show and all the stuff and on my YouTube channel and also the podcast. So I didn't just want it to be another YouTube channel with videos. I wanted for people to kind of feel like they were building the channel with me as we were documenting the journey of trying to build it. And then on the podcast, I wanted to do the same thing where like we were documenting the journey from an audio, like listening perspective of like all of the, you know, things being thrown at us and what it's really taking. So it's like life, love and the journey of becoming an influencer. So that's what we talk about on pop candy um, with my co-host crystal. And that's been amazing because 
similar to me, like she was stepping out in front of the camera for the first time. She's a wedding photographer. She mainly shoots like celebrity and lifestyle influencers and weddings. So she wanted to be an influencer. She'd never done that. So it's like two girls on pop candy, like documenting that. And so it's just interesting to see people think because I've got real housewives behind me, I'm going to get yeses all the time and deals all the time, but that's not at all what happened. I had a bunch of people be like, yeah, Joe, we know you, we know the show, but come back to us when you're at at least six figures, like for your following or at a million followers. And for the podcast, come back to us when you've hit 40,000 downloads and we'll talk brand deals. So it's definitely been a grind. Totally. And like, you know, from one podcast host to the other, like, did people tell you the same thing about a podcast? Like, honey, everyone has a podcast. This is a saturated market as well. Or were they less discouraging in that Um, aspect? I don't think podcasts were like too, at least the people I talked to, they were more in like just the fashion and beauty world of like Instagram. That makes sense. Yeah. I didn't really have a lot of like fellow YouTube or like podcast people who I knew. I just saw an opportunity that like video and, and podcasting was like, where it was at. I mean, video has been the thing for years now, but like podcasts specifically. And I didn't know at the time one housewife that had a show because none of them did um, at the time uh, when we came out with ours. And now, now, now a lot of people do, which is great. I'm not saying that like it started because of me, but I'm just saying at the time I was like, you know, nobody is out there with a show about becoming an influencer and influencers right now are the number one biggest trending topic. Like now, instead of moving to LA to become an actress, so many girls are moving to LA to become an influencer and they're like dominant. People are getting discovered and getting signed off TikTok for music deals. Like being an influencer is a huge thing now. Why is no one talking about this? <laughs> so it's true. And I'm not knocking any of these other housewife podcasts because I'm friends with a lot of these housewives. But I think the difference is, I mean, a lot of them, it's done for them and they have to show up and record for an hour and there's not really a clear direction. You know, like, and they'll admit it. They'll be like, I don't know what I'm talking about next week. Like they don't, it's just like a side project. Whereas yours, like it's a clear vision of like, this is what we're doing here. I think it's really smart because like the audience you know, then the audience feels like they're growing this with you. Like it's very grassroots. Completely. A million percent. And what that's you, stuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say what, I didn't mean to cut you off either. You can answer, but what do you love best about being a podcast host? I think if I get to just honestly have so much fun, first of all, being able to do it with someone else for me, I've always been better with a team. I've never, I know this is going to sound weird. I've never been the girl that needed to be center of attention. I've always been the girl that loves to like work as a team. So like, you know, that's why cast of five on housewives worked for me when I owned a company, it was with somebody else. And like doing the podcast with crystal just makes me feel better. And, and so we get to talk about anything we want and, and produce the show. We actually do everything we produce, we edit, we do all of our social media, we do it all. And so that's been like just learning how to put it together. We literally YouTubed our way through learning audio and editing and gear and all of that. So, um, I love just learning and having grown as a content creator in that space. Um, and then I, I love that we get to produce our own show and come up with these really great topics that, that 
our audience loves. And, you know, I feel like we have a, a pretty cool for- formula um, to every show where like, we talk 15 minutes at first, just catching up. And then we have three topics specifically we talk about, and then we always end with a game. And that's really worked for us and our story. So yeah, it's been a ride. That's great. Oh. And I, yeah. Uh, and I forgot we hit number 25 on iTunes, which is crazy. Like, so that's quick. amazing. That's amazing. No, it's like, I think that's the success. I talk a lot about this on other podcasts. Like when I'm a guest, like, I think that's the, like the key to having a successful podcast. It's like, consistency is so key. Like you need to have a formula and like, it could vary a little, a Mm -hmm. little bit. It doesn't have to, it could even vary somewhat, but it needs to be consistent. So like, you know, you have your three topics, you have your introduction, you have your game. I think that's the key is to have like most shows feel the same. Yeah, for sure. I also think that adding our life after, so we started a series. um, I know. Yeah. I, I came up with called life after housewives So now I'm like interviewing all the former housewives, which has been really fun. But now we're taking it one step further because of, you know, I have so many friends in LA and relationships. So we're introducing life after the Hills and life after the bachelor and even some like celebrity people that are coming up in the next few weeks here. So it's, we're starting to like interview guests have, has been wild because for the first 37 episodes (laughs) that Crystal and I did, I think we did like two guest interviews. So it was oh, mainly wow. her and I that like carried the show. So yeah, it's been a journey. Do you have anyone good from the Hills coming up? Um, well, we have Jason and Ashley Waller actually uh, next week that is coming up. And um, I'm talking to Andrina to hopefully pop up. And so, yeah, I reached out to Lauren because I, I grew up with, um, you know, all these, all these guys like way back when we were on what season season one, when like we we'd all gotten into reality around the same time. So um, Lauren and I were kind of the two like OC girls type thing. So I kind of wow. met that whole circle growing up and yeah, I just went away from entertainment for a minute, but girls just trying to make a comeback, you know? <laughs> I mean, wow. Yeah. And I never really thought about it, but right. You were basically the same age as all the people on the Hills. Yeah, completely. So it should be fun, especially now with their uh, doing the Hills reboot and all of that. Um, and so it's, it's been really fun kind of doing that. And also with my YouTube channel, like just learning how to become a YouTube editor, that has been an entire school in itself because I do all of my own shooting, production, lighting, and editing there. Oh, my God. This is basically why I don't sleep. <laughs> I, I get it. I don't have YouTube, but just from a podcast, like I do five days a week and just the same thing. Like it's people don't realize, and then you factor in the social media. People oh, are like, yeah. they think it's just like you turn on a microphone and you talk. They're like, this is a freaking full-time, 24-hour-a-day life. Yeah. And then in all the middle of that, you're supposed to have time to like respond to comments, do TikTok. Uh, like I cannot keep up. <laughs> so yes, edit, upload it, come up with yeah. cute write-ups, cute names. Yeah. Take pictures of yourself because we're in quarantine and like photographers are not really like shooting much, right? At least here. So, I mean, personally, I just really don't want to like be hiring people I don't know right now. Just no. you know, in the middle of COVID. I just, you, need, just need a minute. Do you watch a lot of like do you watch reality TV or you're just I do. You, watch, you do? Like yeah. what are your like I mean, do you did you watch the new hills, the hills new beginning? 
I did. I did. So I watched The Hills. Um, I love Vanderpump. I'm obsessed. Do you know um, anyone from Vanderpump or like the Beverly Hills Housewives, any of them, since you're in the hood? I don't, but I actually had an interview with an agent that apparently um, Sheena is signed with. And then one of my girlfriends knows the Toms. So I always feel like I'm like one degree of separation. Is that what you put? Yeah, one degree of separation from Vanderpump. And I'm like, listen, if this whole like me trying to be an influencer thing doesn't work out, I swear I'm reaching out to Evolution, who's the production company on Vanderpump and was my producers when I was on <laughs> Real Housewives. And I'm gonna be like, Hey guys, so um, I need a bartending gig. <laughs> Listen, that's not a bad way to go. I mean, this is working out and I think it's going to be fine. But I mean, are, I'm obsessed with Vanderpump Rolls. Like, are you oh my so gosh. Are you, do you think it's going to be just fine without Stassi and Kristen? I mean, I, I, don't even, I, I don't even know, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm curious. I'm sure they'll be fine because I feel like, there's so much with like Jax and Brittany and like, you know, Lala and now everyone's having babies and like all of that. And I'm sure they'll cast like, you know, people who, who make sense for that group. I feel like Bravo's really good at, at casting. Um, but you know, they were just so, they were such a staple, right? And it's so. It's such a good show. Who's your favorite so like boy and girl on Vanderpump? I mean, they don't oh have to be gosh. together. It's just. Or like one or two that, I mean, for me, it, Kristen was my favorite. I'll, I'll be honest. Really? I love, I love that. I don't know. I just, Kristen to me represented like the single people, like just the tortured single soul. She was like representing those of us that are single. I don't know. I just I love, love that. No, I love that. I feel like she was so misunderstood too, you know? Totally. Um, and I love James Kennedy. Oh my gosh. I love to hate and love James Kennedy. I have such a, I had a love hate with him. Now I have a love, love with James. Like I freaking love him. Um, yeah. So I love James Kennedy, huge fan of Lala. Um, and, and I mean, Jax, like, oh my gosh, talk about Peter Pan syndrome, right? <laughs> Seriously. I'm shocked you never met them. Like, you know, you would think that you would just run into them somewhere. Uh, no, I know. Maybe I need to go to like Sir or something. Um, and then Brittany. I love Brittany because she like isn't scared to speak her mind and puts Jax in place. Honestly, I love them all. I love the Toms because they like went from being bartenders to now everything they're doing with Lisa. And then, Yeah. Did you did you love Misha Barton on The Hills New Beginnings? Um, I love Misha. I didn't love her on The Hills. I think I I understood why she was doing it because obviously, like you know, reality so so huge, and I feel like it was really good for her because she'd been away for so long. Like nobody really knew what was happening with Misha. At least I didn't, right? Totally. Um, so having her back on like a hit show on MTV, really good for her brand. So that was a really good play by her publicist or her team. Um, I just didn't think it was her. I feel like her personality is a little bit quiet and very like, and great. I love her, huge fan of her, but she's more actress to me than reality. I feel like with reality stars, you kind of have to be a little outspoken, a little, you have to have a little crazy in you. Um, you have to be a little bit like strong personality to be able to keep up with like the rest of the cast type thing. And I feel like she got swallowed up a little bit, you know what I mean? Because she is so quiet and, and hump, you know, so I'm That's still a Misha fair. fan though. 
Yeah. That's the thing. I'm such, cause I even had, I, I had Jason on my show, Jason Waller. And he was like, I'm so sorry for the Hills new beginnings. And he's like, next season's going to be so much better. I'm like, Jason, it was fucking amazing. Like, I don't it know what amazing. you're talking about. I know. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I am just such a Misha fan that I am like so non-objective, but I, I see what you're saying. And that's really what everyone said. Would you ever do Housewives again? I mean, if your plan with Vanderpump Rules doesn't work out and this doesn't work out, <laughs> would you ever go back to, as like a fallback, would you ever do Housewives? <laughs> to be honest with you, my plan B is execute plan A. There is no plan B. But, um, you know, I for the longest time said I would never go back just because it's just such a wild ride, Housewives. And I don't know that it's me anymore in terms of like throwing wine and just all the craziness that comes with that. However... Now I'm a big believer of like not saying no, never say never, try everything once. And I think if I was asked, I would, I would do it as a fun throwback because why not? Right. Totally. Are you shocked that Vicky and Tamara are gone? I was surprised. uh, Definitely. Um, But also I understand that at some point, you know, you either grow out of a brand, you know, or, or and you're ready to just move on to something else. Kind of like Lauren Conrad with the Hills, you know, sometimes it's like you've, you've done your time and it's time to move on. And I think you need to be smart as to when that is. So I definitely support their decision. So. Totally. And now Lauren has a real huge company. Uh, yeah. She's like goals. <laughs> She's definitely goals. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you go in two seconds. One or two more final questions. Like being in LA, like, do you get starstruck? I mean, not even from reality stars. Like, have you ever just run into someone or met someone even like through your heyday on the housewives where you're just like, holy shit, that's so-and-so. A million percent. So, um, obviously living out here, you run into a lot of people. So it becomes very like, oh, that's cool. That's so-and-so. Right. And this is going to sound so funny. It's probably because I'm a dancer. I get so starstruck uh, when I actually saw one of the Dancing with the Stars <laughs> contestants, <laughs> like the dancers, and Who? and it was actually Val. <laughs> really? Yeah, and that's because my dream is to be on Dancing with the Stars, and he is the dancer that I would love to be paired up with. Like he is so good. Um, interesting I know I know it's so silly um so there's that that's an interesting choice <laughs> you're like listen really? no well That's listen <laughs> no 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 I've had I've asked this question to other people and I've had like the like you know it just shows that you know you have your listen it's a huge show I mean do you watch it still oh my gosh I'm the biggest I'm the biggest DWTS fan yes I want yes. Chriselle. I want Chriselle to take. I don't know if you watch Selling Sunset. But I, also, I do. I do. I love that show. It is literally the. I mean, The Hills, The Simple Life, and now Selling Sunset are the best reality shows I think that have ever existed. It's so good. Completely. Um, yes, I am. I am hoping. I, I. I just want to come back for her too. I mean, having you know come off of a split, so. Seriously. Well, mm-hmm. you know, maybe one day you will be on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, I would love that. Um, I also got starstruck when I saw Mario Lopez. And that's because it was at an event, again, also very silly, but it was just like saved by the bell days. Like, 
I'm probably dating myself by giving you these people, but it's fine. No, no. I am all about 90210 Melrose Place and Saved by the Bell. So Yes. Yeah. So that was a thing. I was like, oh my gosh. It's Mario also- Lopez is a good one. He's a good he one. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Were you into like 90210 also? A million percent. I'm like a little, I, I'm like a little like teeny bop. At her, I all the shows, Vampire Diaries, Down to Win The Melrose Places, anything that's like pop culture and trending, I'm like living for it, watching it, consuming it. Probably following them on Instagram too. <laughs> Same here. I am a gay man trapped in a tween's body. <laughs> Vampire Diaries, that. amazing. Ian Summerhalter, amazing. I love that. Oh wait, um, Ian Summerhalter? I don't know that one. He no, he was he played Damon on Vampire. Oh, Diaries. oh Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so beautiful. Yes. Of He's course. like gorgeous. Yeah, I thought that was the name of a show. I was like, wait, what? I didn't hear you. No, Vampire Diaries was great and like Felicity. Listen, this the the CW and Fox were like the go-tos back in the day. Completely. And I take it you watch the OC, like with Misha I, Martin. Of course. That's where I first fell in love with her. That's a good one. Um, yeah. Your podcast is great. I think this is such an interesting... Do you find being a podcast... Do you find the podcast harder than YouTube? Or are they both just like all-encompassing? No, I think YouTube is a lot harder. Because with a podcast, it's just audio. You get to talk. You can edit and you're done. With YouTube, you have to be on camera, get ready, come up with content. And then once you deliver it and you're in front of the camera, you have to do another three days of video editing and be able to edit the content in a way that stays entertaining for 10 to 15 minutes to people. And it's so much work, but I absolutely love it. So Wow. Yeah. Um, is there anything else we didn't cover that you want to put out there? This is your time to bring up anything I did not bring up. I mean, no, I think that is pretty much my whole life in a nutshell. <laughs> I find it so fascinating. I think this is, listen, I think it's a really great idea. And I really truly believe this, that not to knock influencers today, but I think a lot of influencers think that they can just turn it on and then they're going to be insta famous. And I really do think that, you know, someone like yourself, who's like, you're, it's like more of a purpose. And I really think you have to kind of be at one place and then experience the other side. And like a comeback is almost like it almost, you know what it takes more than someone that's just starting, if that makes any sense. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think it's brilliant. Um, Where can everyone find you? And I really thank you for coming on. I know you're really busy. So where can we all find you on social media? Yeah. Um, well, you guys can follow me on Instagram, uh, which is at Joe De La Rosa with two A's. Um, you can find me on my YouTube channel, which is just Joe De La Rosa. Um, I'm also on TikTok. <laughs> and um, you guys can catch me every Wednesday on Pop Candy via iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. It's amazing. Joe, thank you so much. Keep in touch. You're wonderful. And I really appreciate this. Thank you so much. This was fun. All right. Have a good night. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, 
feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.